Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about the importance of the act of celebrating. What do we we have to celebrate? A lot of things, Dave. What episode are we on? We've made it past 100 podcast episodes. We've got tens of thousands of listens. Yeah, actually, no, we're, we're, where are we at? We're probably, um, we're north of 120. I, I, I don't remember, this This might be 23, 123, 124. You and me or the persuasion, the, the, in disarming persuasion in general? Disarming and persuasion since Darren and I started mm-hmm. this a couple of years ago. Okay. Because um, it feels like a thousand when I, since I've been doing it. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> life with me is like. It's true. Kathleen's a strong woman. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> Time flies when you're having no, fun. No, but like the and putting up with Dave. It's a good thing you're rich, Dave. So anyway, the I recently did a keynote at an awards banquet, and usually I speak on change. Usually I speak on embracing the discomfort of it all and all that. But it, this keynote was only 15 or 20 minutes. It was short, and I wanted to make one point. And I said, you know what? Let me do a little research around the power of the act of celebration. Because so often we're moving, moving, go, 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 next, 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 that we don't stop and actively celebrate things. And, and there's huge benefit to celebration. Yeah. You know, it's funny. This is something I bring up with my clients all the time, because we have a tendency in business to look ahead. What's our roadmap? Where do we need to go? And since we're always building that road in front of us, right? We're always planning that next leg of the road. We never get there. We do right. actually. We, we right. actually There's do no get there, but our perception is there's more road ahead of us. There's more road ahead of us. There's more road ahead of us. And there's absolutely, we need to take time to, and this is what celebration is, to stop and look where we've been and celebrate how far we've come. Now, celebration takes a lot of different, you know, things to celebrate. But this is one of them. But in general, celebration is talking about what we have done. It's a backwards-looking thing, and it's a moment to enjoy. Right. It's a moment where you appreciate what everybody has done or what you have done as an individual to get where you're going, to get where you are right now. And I don't know about you as a, as a business owner, every once in a while, I look back a year, two years, five years ago, and I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) And it's in those moments that I look back to do that, that I realize how far I have come. And the studies show that that boosts your motivation. It boosts your creativity. It boosts your productivity and your focus and your willingness and courage to take those innovative risks to move stuff, to continue to move down that road that you talked about. Sure. The the challenge is, and it's not, not, not the challenge of celebrating, the challenge of not celebrating is that most business change, most business progress, no, you know what? Most progress period, whether it's personal, business, wherever it is in life, comes in small, tiny, incremental 
improvements that compound mm-hmm. over time, but when they're occurring, they are sometimes so minuscule that they don't really feel it's like, oh, I just, yeah, I, I got a little bit better. But if you get 1% better every day, it only actually takes 70 days to improve 100% because it powers a compounding. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this before in the, in the podcast. That means 140, you've improved 200%, and 210, you improve at 400%. And right, and, and so it keeps Matt, growing. Come on, Matt. Right, sorry, growing and growing and growing. And you never and see that's not it. even a year. Right. And, and you never see it because it's these little tiny changes. But if you stop and look back, then all of a sudden you realize how far up the mountain you've climbed. And if by taking a minute just to recognize and celebrate some of those little increments, some of those milestones, if your motivation increases, your creativity increases, and your productivity increases, and your focus increases, you're not only going to improve 1%. You're going to improve even more than that, which is which was the sort of my main point um, is the act of celebrating. And maybe it's just a high five, but any celebration, whether it's the high five, whether it's a big party or a free car or whatever, or just recognition at a meeting, all of those things release and dopamine, which is that feel good chemical into your body. And that positive reinforcement in your body is more impactful on long-term behavior change than any discipline approach, than any willpower, than any habit or routine. So if we want to make strong behavioral changes and persuade our teams to change the way they're working and do better, that moment of celebration, that dopamine hit is incredibly powerful. Yeah. In fact, you know, sports psychology is all about this. When you, if you talk to a sports psychologist, a performance sports psychologist, what they'll tell you to focus on are the wins, not the losses, the things you're doing right, not the things you're doing wrong. And I mean, there's a lot of things going on there that you, you can unpack with that. But from a celebration perspective, that's a form of celebration. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I played golf for many years, right? And it took me a while to 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 improve. But to be able to go, you know what? My takeaway on that was really smooth. My transition was really smooth. Okay. Now, maybe the ball strike didn't happen the way I wanted it to. But by thinking about what went right, it started building and building and building. And pretty soon my ball striking got much, much better. And then I said, you celebrate that. And that's such a good example because in my golf game, there is more club throwing than celebrating. And I'm not throwing it because I'm happy. And thus, I don't like golf. (laughs) Now, I'm never particular. I'm usually just happen to, hey, Ann, you want to play golf with us? And I do if I were working on it. um, But I'm terrible. And if I didn't take moments to say, okay, that went really well, I wouldn't want to keep playing and I would never get better. So that celebration gives you that dopamine hit among all of the negative emotions of, wow, I suck at this. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I played, remember, with a guy um, and he was not a very good golfer, but in his mind, you know, he he was. He was a legend. Yeah. He was a legend in his own mind, as, as they like to say. And he loved coming back and playing. 
And I, that was during a phase of mine where I, I hadn't quite figured out the mental piece of it yet. And I wasn't playing good golf or by any stretch of the imagination. We played the same game and he enjoyed it a whole heck of a lot more, which meant well, he came know, back and played it a lot more. And, and this is an interesting dialogue about what we call success, right? What are we celebrating? That guy was celebrating a beautiful day outside with friends doing something active because apparently he wasn't celebrating how great his golf game actually was, right? But in as, as we think about how do we define success, how do our teams define success, where should we be celebrating, it also brings in a little bit more opportunity to say, hey, that project didn't go the way we wanted, but we worked our butts off. We had a great plan that we executed really well. And under other circumstances, it would have worked beautifully. So let's look at what didn't go well, but let's celebrate some of the successes that we did have. Or, I mean, I'm assuming this you know, hypothetical project of yours actually completed, right? So celebrate the completion. Okay, no, it didn't go as planned. No, we had mm -hmm. to adopt, right? But those are things to celebrate as well. We got it done. Right. Yeah. Let's focus on that. We got it done. And you, you brought up a really interesting point, um, which is celebration doesn't need to be this big formal, you know, banquet dinner with awards. Absolutely. It can be. And, and in fact, mm -hmm. I would I would highly recommend that you do that on a periodic basis. Celebration can be as simple as my first job out of the Navy uh, when I was in sales, selling business telecom equipment. There was a little um, service bell, you know, like a front desk bell at a hotel that, you know, yeah, yeah that, that sits flat and you, you smack the top of it and it rings for service. Right. Um, and I remember when I first started there, the owner of the company who was doing sales at the time would come in and then ring the bell. And I'm like, what's that? Oh, that means Ron made a sale. So when I made my first sale, I came in. I hit that bell and everyone cheers. Hey, you know, and now, of course, I was celebrating my first one. But every sale. We celebrated that way. And that became our, mm -hmm. our ritual. And you look forward to ringing that bell. Yes, right. And again, that's that dopamine hit. That's that positive reinforcement for what you did to get the ding, right? It's the same thing with bartenders. You know, they get a good tip, bam, they hit the tip thing. Bell, right. That gives dopamine to the 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 uh, the bartender because they're like I got the money I'm a good bartender but it's also a dopamine hit for the person who gave the tip and likely to reinforce that again it's exactly um, and an another place where this auditory this bell celebration comes in at the end of chemotherapy treatment most chemo uh, places uh, what do you call it uh, clinics have a bell that you ring after your last chemo treatment to kind of say, bam, that's going to put a period on this pretty terrible chapter. Time to go home and get on to the next thing. And that also is that dopamine that gives the closure to that moment as well. Yeah. And, and what I love about this is we're actually leveraging mother nature because dopamine was our, it, it, it's a, it's a neurotransmitter that is designed to reward achievement, right? So if you think about 200,000 years ago when we're hunter-gatherers and, and we're out in a hunt and we kill a wild boar, well, we're not eating right away. There is no immediate gratification because we have to, you know, uh, 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 field strip it, you know, cut it up. We 
we may we may eat some, but it's going to be an hour or so after we the kill, right? But you get the dopamine hit as soon as that boar goes down, and that's nature going, good job, hey, feel good, feel mm-hmm. good, because we want you to do that again because that's about survival. Do that again because it's for our survival. That's right, right. 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 And you know what else that does, especially in that team context? And we've talked about sports. We've talked about a hunter party. We've talked about, you know, a chemo team because you've got the nurses and you've got the, the family probably there and the person who's just survived cancer and all that stuff. So doing that celebration and collectively getting that dopamine hit increases trust. It increases respect. It increases that bond through shared experience, which thus will increase your ability to persuade each other, collaborate, work together, disagree in an emotionally intelligent way. These are all such great benefits to that collective celebration. Right. So let's talk a minute about the types of celebrations, because there's many, many ways of celebrating. We've touched on two. We've touched on, on, you know, the formal banquet. We've touched on the informal, we made a sale, we hit the bell. You know, another way of celebrating and, and all that, and I, for you managers and leaders out there, those people who have direct reports, this is critical, right? When you see somebody do something right, an attaboy is a celebration. Recognition. Right. Yeah. A high five. Uh, you know, the, that physical contact uh, is just a moment of celebration. Yeah, the pat, the pat on the shoulder. Um, you know, uh, I've I've seen people. Or if know, you don't uh, want to get you know arrested for sexual harassment, just send them an email. <laughs> well, that's not, but I mean, in all seriousness, the congratulatory email to you know, hey everybody, congratulate. Um, you know, and because she just made her one hundredth sale or whatever it is, you know. So what I what I suggest and this is part of your culture we talk both you and I have talked in the past about you know a design purpose-built culture right your culture is a is a recognition and an informative celebration of your values culture will form or you can form it this is one of those areas mm-hmm. and this is one of those fun areas by the way where you get a chance to have fun and and design something that gives the energy and, and reflects the values you wanted to, so some sort of formal celebration. Yeah. Yep. And this works with clients too. You know, I was supposed to be doing a, a um, keynote for UBS in Switzerland in a, in April. <laughs> and if you're looking at the news, you know that they just purchased Credit, Credit Suisse and they have a little bit of a busyness in their office right now with that transaction. So when that all went down, I messaged my contact and I said, hey, congratulations on everything that's going on with the acquisition. Uh, I just wanted to say, hey, congratulations. I bet you all are super busy. Let me know when you're ready to talk about next steps. And it turns out they need to cancel the conference that they're having that I'm speaking at but just by celebrating with them uh, in a time where they're probably busting their butts to get everything, because this is the legal team, busting their butts to get everything moving, um, it was just a moment for my contact to say, oh, yeah, well, cool, this is pretty cool. Um, and and I created that. So it's also creating that trust and respect with your client as well. And, and you know, it's funny you bring that up with clients. When I was in telecom, one of the companies I worked for, one of the ways we would celebrate when we acquired a new client. So they bought a phone system from us. Now, understand, folks, these are transactional deals. There's no ongoing, right? Somebody buys a phone system, piece of technology. Back then, 
you know, they had a warranty, but ongoing support was rare. You know, the people would partake in, and it wasn't a big revenue generator. So really it was a very transactional business, but we would send a bromeliad as a thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and, is a flower from yeah. the rainforest for those of you who don't know your botany. They're, they're, they're lovely. They're unusual looking. Pineapples are bromeliads, by the way. Um, don't know if you knew that. Which makes sense because they have all those little layers yeah, that they, can catch they, they the look water the same and lots of things live in them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we would get, oh, this is so nice. And it just helps cement that relationship mm-hmm. one little bit deeper. And so if we did have a recommendation in the future, you know, again, they were more open to that because they knew we were celebrating with them. This is not a one and done that we're here as, as a team. Yeah. Exactly. That you care about them as a team, which again, if we go back to persuasion, it makes you a heck of a lot more persuasive because it feels good to work with you. It feels good to interact with you. They're going to want to do it again. And they're going to want to continue doing business with you and trusting you with whatever you're trying to, uh, to get going. Yeah. And in fact, you know, you and I were just talking about our, our mutual coach, Michelle, and she has an ongoing coaching program. And when you renew her whole thing is superstars. So you get some sort of star gift. Now I know for the, for the women, they get a, a star charm that they wear on most wear on a necklace. And some of the old timers have like eight or nine of them. Right. And so, you know, as guys that, that nothing quite that. Um, uh, charming. Rip, charming. Oh, good one. Right? Uh, oh, but Thank you. And try the veal two nights, two shows nightly. <laughs> But she'll be in Switzerland next month. Um, yeah, but, uh, right. she won't be. They're busy. She won't be. Right. But but she still sends a little gift with a star. That's her theme as a celebration of continuing this together. And there is a tendency mm-hmm. too. you know, we were talking, we mentioned uh, last week, I think, you know, you had that one client ask what's in between persuasion and manipulation. We, we talked about intention, mm-hmm. you know, there is, and this is a true win-win, but it also is like, oh, I want my third one. I want my fourth one. Right? As long as you're getting value, there's sort of like this, like, uh, let's keep this relationship going. I hate to lose it. Not because you're getting a star, but because you're being recognized for continuing. And that's really what it's all yep. about. And again, you're being celebrated for your participation, for your success, for all the things that go along with that. And, you know, that's just such a huge thing. And I mean, you just go to physical benefits of that dopamine hit from celebration. It's lower stress and anxiety, lower depression, lower blood pressure, better sleep, all of this resulting in healthier people. And if you're talking about your own workforce, Obviously, we want them healthy. We want them not to take sick days. We want them to be able to focus when they're in the office. And all of these things are related. Yeah. And by the way, even if somebody else is getting the recognition, everybody who watches gets a little bit of dopamine. It's not like, Mm -hmm. it's not an exclusive thing. There's, there's, um, you know, oxytocin and some other uh, neurochemicals that exist out there that actually enable us to connect and celebrate together and enjoy physiologically enjoy that celebration as it were. So it, yeah. it, it, it spreads, you know? Well, and it creates such pride and motivation to continue and to, to continue doing those great things. And so that's the question we should be asking, what are we celebrating? And is it the things we want to be repeated by our clients, by our, uh, by our teams? Yeah. And, you know, we spoke about recognition some 
well, a couple of months ago, I think. And I remember talking about um, gamification. Actually, we were talking about gamification, right? And that's another great way of celebrating when people hit these milestones, either, you know, like the 100 sale, like I joked about earlier, or they learn a skill. You could, there's so many things to celebrate, right? And, and how you do them and sit down with your leadership team and go, okay, what are the things we want to celebrate? What are the things, what are the things we want to reinforce so they happen again and again, right? So that's one thing. So learning a skill, right? Or achieving certain goals or certain numbers or um, milestones like, you know, doing, you mentioned before, like rolling out a, a particular project of some sort that was particularly arduous or difficult. So maybe it's not a formal thing, but like, you know, halfway through the project, you're going like, man, we need to celebrate when this thing, we, the, the ones where you're going, mm -hmm. we need a cold beer when this is done you know, right. That's a good sign. We need this an is... open bar when this is done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With some of those too, right. You're like, wow. Yeah. Okay. We need, that's a great sign. Come up, come up with creative ways to do that, that fit within your culture, right. That, that mm -hmm. highlight your culture and, and, and then start to formalize that with some room for flexibility for those things that you can't think about that you go, wait a second, you know, here's, Here's some things that sort of one-offs that we're going to throw into the bucket. Right. Well, and also as you're doing that exploration, you might say, hey, we're reinforcing and we're celebrating this. And that is not what we want. You know, you might find that inadvertently you are celebrating something and rewarding it, recognizing it that you don't want repeated or that it's causing behaviors you don't want repeated because people are, you know, getting that hit for the result. Yeah. And in fact, the perfect example, a company I used to work for, and I'm not going to name them by name, but, and I've talked about them once or twice before, um, they were a consulting company that celebrated billable hours. And what that did is incent people to increase billable hours, not to complete projects or to do right by the client. It was to increase billable hours because that's what they celebrated. And so whether it was by design, which is how I suspect it was, well, why it didn't last very long. So in this particular case, I think that was, that was their focus or by accident, like, Oh, you know, billable hours means more profitability. So, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to incentivize and celebrate billable hours. Well, that created a culture where that was more important than doing right by the client. So that I think is a great example of what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have to look at those things, which is, again, when we're thinking about celebration in an intentional, strategic way, it's going to uncover those, some of those things that we didn't mean. <laughs> oh, crap. Look what we're doing. We're creating our own problems, which you always say that. You always say when a leader's not getting what they want, it's important to turn the spotlight on themselves and say, OK, what am I doing? What am I doing first that could be leading to that? Yeah. And, and, and I would submit that that's always the case. It's sometimes subtle, but that's always the case because that's what the leader. There's always is. something we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Differently. Yep. Um, well, I think we, Oh, I was one more story. Cause it's funny. <laughs> I recently got, all right. Thanks for listening. No, I recently got a celebratory email. I opened this email and you know how they can kind of make things animate in an email. And it was this cute picture, like, Thank you for being, and I was like, oh, well, what did I get? It was for being a frequent parker at the Tampa economy parking at the airport. And they gave me a free coffee. 
And I was like, that cost them two bucks. But I was like, every time I park there now, I literally have this like warm, fuzzy feeling like I'm a frequent parker. And I feel oddly good about myself because they sent me this stupid email about being a frequent parker. And I I don't know if it's going to change my behavior, but it sure makes me feel good when I get there. Um, which will make me more forgiving if something ever goes funky in the parking lot. You know, it'll make me less likely to take an Uber uh, over to the airport. And I don't know, it's just it was just an interesting celebratory email that was just ridiculously silly, cost them nothing or maybe two bucks or not even. Um, But like literally, I feel pride about the Tampa Economy Airport parking lot now. Yeah. I mean, what a great example. And you feel part of the team, not just pride. You feel part of the team. You are no longer a outsider parking at their facility. You're an insider parking at their facility. What a fantastic example. I'm a frequent parker. Right? Right. It's a ridiculous thing. Like, why do I give a hoot that they recognized me as a frequent parker? But it just, I'm like, yeah, I'm a totally a frequent parker. <laughs> Because you're an elitist snob, and, and that's elitism. I am. I am. I'm not going to say I'm not. I, I'm a elitist Parker. Yeah, you are, Parker. I'm going to start calling you Parker Five. from now on. Elitist Parker. That's my that's, nom de plume. That's your name, When I write yes. my great American novel, I'm elitist Parker. So it's going to be called- well, We beat this one to death, Dave. Let's celebrate the end of this episode. <laughs> All right. So this is Dave Rosenberg and Alitas Parker saying thank you for listening. We'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks for listening. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, If they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.